our confession. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me because I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Can you say amen? You can be seated. Good to have you. All of you in the house of the Lord, let's give Morgan a, a hand again for those announcements. Great, great job. Glory to God. Honey, I've been looking for videos. I haven't found a single video on humor, on anything really hilarious other than 10, 15 minutes of Tim Conway and things of that nature. So you got anything humorous that you can share, anything you can think of? Because I can think of a lot of things about you, but uh, you look really good on that video. You know, when it, when it said we're going to the boss, and then it said to the boss, I thought, uh-oh, I bet I'm going to appear. Then I realized they were talking about God. <laughs> I think they were talking about the boss. <laughs> it's good to have all of you in the house of the Lord. The, the word of the Lord He dropped today, my phone in spaghetti last night. I thought that was pretty funny. He said, let me see that. I handed it to him. He dropped the phone right in the spaghetti. Hallelujah. That and then he handed it back and said, fix this. That was, that was funny. We that was. I, I I don't know why. Maybe God just didn't want me to come up with a, a funny video. But I was looking for something funny on the internet. And I couldn't find a thing. But while I was on, that would fit the sequence because most of them were 10, 15 minutes long. But what I did find was a whole bunch of Carol Burnett, Tim Conway, and and Harvey Corman videos, and I was laughing at some of those. They are just absolutely hilarious. There are none for two minutes, so they all run about 10 or 15 minutes. But the word of the Lord today is that the joy of the Lord is your strength, and that God's joy, the joy of the Lord is ours, and that if we understand that, it's the power of joy, the power of God's joy in our life. And we're going to talk about that today because if you understand the, the tremendous power that is available through joy, it will change your life. Now, some people say, well, I'm joyful because of the family line or because this person was humorous. No, we're not talking about that. We're not talking about telling jokes. We're not talking about making things up. We're talking about a flow that came from God, who he is, to live inside of us. It will change your life. It will change your perspective if you will receive it. You do have it if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but it'll change your life. Laughter will change your life. Laughter will change your continence. Looking at things from the perspective of God's personality and God's characteristics will change your life. It will change your health. It will change your mind. It will give you perspective that God wants you to have from His perspective. So laughter is great, joy is great. If you have it and you're flowing with it, you absolutely are feeling great about life. If you don't have it, then your light is going dim. Did these lights go bright and then dim? Can I see? I think they do. I'm not really sure. Let, let's see them bright. We'll, I don't want to blow anything up. Okay, get them as bright as they'll go. And, and then, okay, now how about dim? How, how dim them? Okay, so we can use this as an example. Turn it up really bright, 
And let's all say that, turn to your neighbor and say, that's how you're supposed to look. Now, if your light is starting to go dim, it is your fault. So turn to your neighbor and tell them, no dim lights here. No dim lights. This, this book, I'm going to read a, uh, re read a couple of stories out of. I just love it. These are true stories of this uh, particular church that the pastor gave him an assignment, and that is for the young children to write a little uh, note to God, what they wanted to write to God, and, and I really love it. And uh, this first one is, uh, Dear Pastor, and this is an eight-year-old <coughs> uh, eight boy. Dear Pastor, I know that God loves everyone, but I know he's never met my sister. <laughs> now, when you laugh, we're going to talk about this in just a moment. When you laugh, you are absolutely making your body more healthy. So turn to your neighbor and say, laughter is good for you. Dear Pastor, thank you for the great sermon on Sunday. This is a nine-year-old. Thank you for the great sermon on Sunday. I'll write more to you when my mother explains it to me. <laughs> Dear Pastor, this is one of my favorites. My father should be a minister. It's an 11-year-old. Dear Pastor, my father should be a minister. Every day he gives me a sermon about something. <laughs> okay, final one. Dear Pastor, I liked your sermon on where you said that health is more important than money, but I still could use a raise in my allowance. This is a 12-year-old boy, and then he'll be the last one. Dear, now, this makes me think of Annabelle, our granddaughter. This is, an older, this is a boy's writing about his older sister. He's the boy, Ryan, is nine. Dear Pastor, did God make girls smarter than boys? My big sister says so. <laughs> now, if you have your Bible, you can turn to the book of John, chapter 15. And I'm going to paraphrase some of this message with you, and we're going to look at the scriptures. But th this is and was and still is the will of God, that Jesus would come as a bright light to the entire world, and that he would bring the peace of God into the world. We talked about that last Sunday and that it would be joy to the world. That's what the angels proclaim. God is a spirit, and in God's spirit are the fruit of his spirit. And part of his fruit is joy that every single person on the face of this earth should have because we're all created in the image of God. And last week we talked about how to embrace the peace of God that he has given us, that lives within us, if you have Jesus as your Lord and Savior. This week, it's about joy. Next week, it's going to be about the power of God's love. Nothing is more powerful than God's love. But God can't separate himself from who he is. And all of the fruit of the Spirit is what God has and what God wants us to have. And these three Sundays, we're talking about love, peace, and joy. And if you get a hold of this message of joy, it will truly change your life forever. How many of you know that you probably need to laugh more than you do? Can I see your hands? How many of you know you probably need to smile more than you do? Uh, you know, it's harder to frown than it is to smile. 
uh, it's said that there are 72 muscles involved in frowning. I know some people who are really exercising their muscles, glory to God, but it takes about 14 muscles to smile. It's so easy to smile. And smiling is medicinal if you'll understand it. And we're going to talk about this scripturally in just a moment. Now, in John chapter 15, verse 11, I believe such a powerful scripture. Jesus is summing up what he has been teaching. He's been talking about the importance of love. He's been talking about the importance of my sheep hear my voice. He's been talking about the importance of ask anything. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask whatever you will. My Father's glorified as you bear fruit. And all of this is summed up when he gets to John chapter 15, verse 11. And it said, these things I have said to you are told you so that your joy may be full. In other words, I give you my joy so that your joy, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy, everybody say my joy, my joy. that my joy may remain in you and that your joy would be full. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, where is that joy? It's in you. Everybody say, I have that joy. Now, whether or not you allow it to flow or whether or not it just stays in you is your decision, not the world's, not the devil's. It is your decision. Really and truly, it isn't even God's decision because it's God's will that it flows, but he doesn't make it flow. You have to allow it to flow. You've all heard me share this before in different examples, but the Dead Sea is dead for only one reason. It has no outlet. Uh, the snow from Mount Hermon comes down into the Sea of Galilee. It flows down the Jordan River into the Dead Sea. And because the Dead Sea has no outlet, it, it dies. Everything in the Dead Sea dies. A lot of people are just not really joyful because they're not allowing that joy to flow. And they're looking at situations and circumstances. Now, let's just say it. Situations, circumstances don't matter. Now, I love to laugh. I really do. I laugh when my wife says it isn't even funny. I smile. I, I love to smile. I love to smile at people when you go places. How many of you realize some people don't seem to like to smile back at you? I play this game. It's a game just for me, but I enjoy it. I'll be out in a mall somewhere or whatever, and I'll find somebody that's not smiling, and I'll just look at them, and I'll smile for a while. Now, sometimes they look at you kind of funny, but you know what I found almost 100% almost of the time? If you'll smile at people long enough, guess what they'll do? They'll smile back at you. You can, you can engage people with your eyes. The eyes are the windows of the soul. If you're around a happy person, you know it. Yeah, they look happy. If you're around a sad person, they look sad. And we have the ability to change their life. And, and <clears throat> I, just, I, I try to make everything humorous. I try to make everything joyful. I drive my wife sometimes up a wall because sometimes she'll say that's not funny. But if we can make everything out of the situation and circumstance and make it joyful, are we allowing the joy of the Lord to flow in our lives? I think we are. I want to share this story. I probably shared it before after, you know, 20, 30, 40 years in the ministry. You probably repeat some stories. But years ago, my dear friend, uh, Bill Lay, who pastored out in Grove, Oklahoma, we were on staff at Victory Christian Center with him. Uh, no matter how serious the situation is, joy will change the situation. 
Joy will change the situation. And, and, and I understand you have to use common sense in letting the fl joy flow, but joy will always make a difference in perspective. And Bill Lay called me. Uh, we're at Victory in Tulsa, and, uh, he, and he said, Bill, I've been asked to do a funeral, and I've never done one before, and I know you have. Now, Bill Lay and I like to have a good time. He's in heaven now. But we like to have a good time, and we would be sitting in the corner laughing about something when everybody else was trying to figure out how to save the world from its sins. I don't know. We just seem to have that chemistry. And uh, we, we seem to bring out what I would call the best in each other. Uh, some people would call it and shake their head and say, I'm not sure whether it is or not, especially Pastor Doherty. But that's okay. But he's in heaven too. So Bill called me, and he said, will you go to the funeral home with me? And I said, yeah, I will. And he said, just, just encourage me, just be there, because I've never done a funeral before, and I know you have. And he said, and by the way, you know, maybe you could do the obituary. And uh, I said, okay, that's fine. And it was a very tragic situation. A girl's boyfriend had, had uh, helped her, a 21-year-old girl, had helped her learn how to jumpstart her car uh, because there was an ignition problem. And he had a wiring thing set up for her, but it was an automatic, uh, not an automatic, but a, a stick shift. And what had happened, very horrible tragedy, uh, the girl had uh, reached into the car from the front of the car, started the car uh, with the, using that bypass ignition underneath the hood, and the car was in gear. And as soon as the car started, revved up, took her right through the end of the garage, killed her instantly. Uh, so this young girl had died, and, and, and it was a friend of the Lay family. So it's a very tragic situation. So Bill and I are down there, and I'm trying to humor him uh, along, moving into a very tragic thing. And so uh, my friend Bill Lay is opening the service right after somebody sang in the balcony, and, and, and everybody's somewhat very sad. And so Bill gets up to, uh, I, I do the obituary and go over and sit down. And it's Bill Lay's turn to go over and do a section of the funeral service. And as he goes up to the podium, a little bit n nervous, he's at the podium. He comes away from the podium, and he trips over the wire that runs from the podium into the wall socket, trips and goes down on his knee, and is right down on his knee, right in front of me, in front of all the people. And I'm looking at Bill, and it reminds me of a Tim Conway moment. Bill's looking at me like, what just happened? I'm looking at him, and I just cracked up. Here is a beautiful 20-year-old girl in the casket. I am laughing, holding my face like this. Bill Lay looks totally bewildered. It's getting worse, and I can't stop laughing. How many of you have ever gotten, I'm, I'm not talking about a holy laughter that, that, that comes when the Holy Spirit comes. I, I, I understand that. I've not been involved with one, but I think it would be great. Uh, but but, but I, think, I, think, I think I could enter in very easy. It's like, did you see that? But anyway, I, I can't stop, and I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm ashamed of myself as I'm laughing like this because the mother is an idea, almost where Lisa's sitting right over there, uh, and, and can see me, and I'm trying my hardest not to look at her. Bill finally gets up to his feet. Service goes on. We're out at the cemetery. I'm doing everything I can not to look at the mom. And at the end of the uh, uh, service at the cemetery, we're over by a persimmon tree. I'll never forget that. Bill and I are eating persimmons <laughs> up a tree. <laughs> 
And the mom starts over toward us. And I think, uh-oh, I am really going to get it now. And she's walking right over there toward us. And she walks right up to me. And she said, I saw what happened. I saw it all. And I want you to know, it was just what I needed. And she started laughing. And she said, it really helped relieve the grief that I had in my heart to watch Bill Lay fall flat on his face <laughs> and you laughing hysterically and trying to hold it all back. Folks, joy is medicinal and joy will change the way you view the circumstance. And I believe that's why God said through his son Jesus, I want you to have my joy so that your joy will be full. Christmas is all about you and I having the fullness of God's joy in our life. And if we get that and get a hold of that, it can change your life. Jesus went on to say in John chapter 16, uh, another powerful scripture here, until now you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive so that your joy may be, so that your joy may be, so therefore, this must be really important to God. God wants us to have a fullness of joy in our life. So let's all say it. This is really important to God. This is the big thing to God. And then it goes on to say in John chapter 17, again, Jesus is talking about joy. Now I come to you, but now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world that they may have joy fulfilled in themselves. In other words, that joy is to be fulfilled in each and every one of us. Now, I, I know this, that in a moment's notice, I, I know it sounds silly to you, but I knew the day I walked into that beauty shop and saw Phyllis. She's in this chair. Now, you ladies know what I'm talking about. I don't. But you ladies know what you, you do when you get in the, in the chair and your hair is all up in the air and it's going out this way, it's going out that way. And I walked in and I could tell that she didn't see me coming because her back was to me. But I knew instinctively she would not want to see me. And I knew I wanted to see her. I could not wait to say, Phyllis, how are you? And Phyllis said, oh, oh. <laughs> it's something like that. I thought it was hysterical. The lady doing her hair, Barb, just looked and cracked up. I thought it was absolutely hilarious. And, and after a while, now we can laugh about it now, but at that particular moment, it was a different moment for her than from my perspective. But she needed, <laughs> you know about it. You heard about it. She came home and said, you're not going to believe what happened to me. <laughs> and sometimes what happens is that joy is available to us at that moment. At that moment. I found this in, in doing funeral services. And, and, and you have to pay respect to people when they're grieving. I understand that. But you also have to make sure people don't lock up on the grieving process. Grief is strictly from the pit of hell if you lock up at it and stay in grief. You have to move through it. 
And I have found if you can introduce some humor into a service, uh, it will open people up to have the peace of God flow into their life. And so that joy that comes is, uh, is, is very medicinal. Now, in the book of, uh, I think it's Nehemiah. Let me see where we're going here. Oh, no, no. It's in uh, Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22. It says, a merry heart does good like a medicine. There's a book that I try to read twice a year. And uh, it's called Stress Less, uh, once a year, sometimes twice a year. It's called Stress Less, and it's by Don Colbert. One of the best books I have ever read on how to get stress off of your life and keep it off because one of the biggest challenges that we face in our life is getting stress off of us. Stress is one of the most powerful forces to destroy your body and, and, and cause every part of your health to go. Uh, high blood pressure, anxiety, all of the things because of stress. The, 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 the joy of the Lord will remove stress from your life. And it says, a merry heart does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bone. So in other words, if we have a merry heart, what is the merry heart? It is joyful. It is happy. It's not going to be sad about anything. Every single one of you have something that if you focus on, it's not going right. It didn't work out the way it should. You focus on that and, 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 and you can really be down on yourself or you can let the joy of the Lord consume you. I'll never forget this one time. Now, again, I, I like to laugh. I really do. I like to try to turn everything into some type of a joyful moment and let God figure out how it's going to work because God doesn't need me to figure it out. God will take care of everything if we'll just let that joy fill us to overflowing. And I got a call from Pastor Billy Joe, his secretary, and a lady was in the hospital dying. And uh, they wanted me to go. They wanted him to go. And, uh, and anoint her with oil. And, uh, and they said, would you go? And I'd never gone before and uh, done that. And I said, well, sure, I'll go. And so I ran home and got the anointing oil and went up to the hospital. And some of you probably heard this story, but I went up to pray for her and her three sisters. I'll never forget her three sisters are there. And they're on one side of the bed standing there and they were so happy to see me and the ladies uh, laying there. And so I walked in with my bottle of anointing oil. And uh, the three sisters said, uh, we're just going to sing hymns while you anoint her and, and pray for her healing. I said, yes, I will. So I just shook that anointing oil. Now, I'd never anointed anybody with oil before, but I saw it done. How, how hard can it be to anoint somebody with oil? So I'm shaking this little bottle and... I shake a little bit and I put it on her head because I saw people put it on her head before. And I put it on her head, but, but nothing happened. There's just like blank there. I, every time I'd seen somebody with anointing oil, you have a little piece of oil up there where they anoint you. And uh, nothing happened. And I shook it again and did it again. And pretty soon, I, I started smelling this overwhelming smell. And uh, it was like this <laughs> overwhelming perfume smell. And I looked down at this little bottle of anointing oil, and I had mistakenly grabbed a little vial of Pam's sample perfume that she had on her dresser. Well, the more you shake it and the more you put it on, the more this... So I'm looking there thinking, the first time out of the chute, 
I don't have anointing oil. And these three sisters are all singing hymns. And I'm standing there, and one of the, and I'm, I'm, I don't know what to do. And, 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 and this one sister said, I can smell the fragrance of the Holy Spirit. That's exactly what she said. I can smell the fragrance of the Holy Spirit. I thought, I'm not about to tell her the truth. I put the cap on. I put it in. And I say, yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget leaving that bedside, walking out into the hallway, starting to burst out laughing, starting to, I'm, I'm, I'm contradicted, conflicted. I'm conflicted. Part of me feels bad. Part of me thinks that was one of the most hilarious moments of my life. <laughs> I got in this elevator to go down, and I just, it was like a dam that burst. I just started laughing hilariously. I'll never forget that as long as I live. And, uh, and those sisters, when they said that that's the fragrance of the Holy Spirit, <laughs> they're probably telling a whole different story about that moment. But, you know, laughter is so good for your body. It flows endorphins. Now, I don't want to get deep into a message here, but, but uh, as far as uh, technical, but see, God has a reason for everything. Tell your neighbor, God has a reason for everything. Why, why is he so concerned about our joy always being full? Because it's medicinal. It affects our mind. It affects every part of our body. So therefore, if we laugh a lot, if we're happy a lot, yeah, but what about my finances? What about them? Why think about them? Why, why, why be concerned about the in-laws, the outlaws, the things that aren't going right? Why not be concerned about all the things that are going right? That, that, that what, what happens in is that when you, when, when you laugh and when you're happy and you're joyful, your mind releases endorphins. And endorphins are like, in, 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 like opiates that run to your nerve endings. Have you ever felt on edge? How, how, can I see the hands of all the people? You've, or you've heard somebody say this, I'm just kind of on edge today. Well, you need to get off edge. Uh, <laughs> you need to get off of it and you need to laugh. Every once in a while, I'm moving toward my wife now, she's going to look up and say, oh, nuts. But, but every once in a while, I can tell, see that rear side up there? Run it up full speed where it's supposed to be. Oh, that, that's, that's my wife right there. Just, she got in right, now she's got in right. Her eyes are the most beautiful, sparkling eyes when she's happy and when she's joyful. But every once in a while, something will happen. Yeah, uh-huh. Go ahead, a little down, a little. Yeah, it's like, uh-oh. And I walk in the door. Now, in the morning, when I get up, I got the full joy. Glory to God. Sweetheart, I'll see you later on. Okay. See you about 5 o'clock in the afternoon. You know where you're going with the light. Oh, crap. Something really went wrong today. But Superman has arrived. I have the joy on my back. What's that old Elvis song? Driving the black Cadillac with the sack on his back. I got the joy on my back. <laughs> That's how it goes. And, and I arrived. But we become a little conflicted. I've come to save my wife and bring the joy of the Lord into her life. She's thinking, I'm thinking, oh crap, what happened to her? 
She's thinking, oh crap, he's home. <laughs> but I know this. If I can get her to laugh, and if I can get her to smile, we're going to be okay. Now, it's just not her. It happens with other people, too, but she's the one I'm closest to. But I can feel the tug of war. I can feel the tug of war. Devil doesn't want you happy. Devil wants you sad. Devil wants you thinking things you shouldn't be thinking. Why think about something you can't change? That's my motto. Why well, pray about it, give it to God, and forget about it. Let God take care of it. If you knew what to do about it, you'd already done it. But if you don't know what to do about it, then let it go and let the joy of the Lord consume you. And when those opiates begin to flow, the situations that you face in your life don't necessarily change, but the way you view the situations change. And so then that joy becomes overpowering in our life, and it actually creates health to us in every single part of our life. So when it said the power of God's joy, the joy of the Lord is our strength. So let's all say it. The joy of the Lord is our strength. We're going to share on James chapter 1, verse 2 here in a moment, but I want to set it up. I was sitting in a, in a meeting with Pastor Doherty in his office. I'll never, ever forget this because I've done it so many times in our church. Sitting in a meeting, and we needed X number of thousands of dollars in the offering. And I'm not sure, I could be wrong on the amount, but the offering was about $20,000 lower than what it should have been. And we really are going to have to juggle the bills to be able to pay them. And it was a very difficult time. And we're sitting there in the office, and the accountants over there, the head of the, uh, uh, that department, and about four or five of us are sitting there. And everybody's talking about how bad it is. Everybody's really chiming in. Man, you know, what are we going to do? What's happening? Blah, blah, blah. It finally gets around to Billy Joe. I, and I hadn't said a word. Finally gets around to Billy Joe. He says, well, what we ought to do is rejoice over what we have, not be focusing on what we don't have. And it's like a whole new thought. It's like, duh, that really makes sense. That's really good, dude. <laughs> In other words, why would we focus on something that we don't have when we can focus on what we do have. I'll never, I'll never forget uh, the time that uh, at Christmas that I didn't get the bike that I wanted. I got a bike, but I didn't get the one I wanted. And I remember sometimes thinking back on that, how disappointed I was, and a little of it showed to my parents who saved up all they could to get me what they could afford, but the Schwinn. How many of you remember the knee action Schwinn? You're old. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm not, but you remember the knee action Schwinn. Uh, I, I wanted the knee action Schwinn. That was a Cadillac of bikes. And I got a little uh, uh, bike from Sears Roebuck that was a beautiful bike. I loved the bike, but uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't the Schwinn. And there was a moment of disappointment because I didn't get exactly what I wanted. You know, there are many disappointments in life, but most of them are not important to focus on. The, the thing that we focus on is the goodness of God and the things that God has given us. 
And so what we do is we, in, in James chapter 1, verse 2, it says, count it all as joy when you fall into various trials and, and tribulations. Count it all as joy. It goes on to say, because it's going to give you more patience, but basically what it's saying is, no matter what happens, count it as joy. Oh, I didn't get the bike I wanted. Well, hallelujah, I got the one I got, so therefore I can be joyful about that. I remember this one time I wanted to watch so bad for Christmas. It's the first watch that my parents, I knew they were going to buy it for me, and they told me they weren't, but I knew they were. And I knew they wrapped it and put it under the Christmas tree. And I was in about the fourth or fifth grade, maybe sixth grade, I don't recall exactly, but I knew that thing was under my Christmas tree. And I saw them put it under there. And so what I did, what anybody that was aggressive would do, when they went to bed about two weeks before Christmas, I unwrapped it. I saw that thing. I wrapped it back up. And I wore my watch to school all the way two weeks before Christmas. And then Christmas Eve, I rewrapped that thing and I put it back in the box. And my mom, and my mom, and my mom, when she gave me that package and she looked at it, she said, have you unwrapped that? And I did what any sensible 12-year-old boy would do. I lied. <laughs> I said, no, I would never do that. Now, at the moment, she knew I was lying. And she was really upset with me. But right up until her dying day, we would talk about that situation. And it was so funny. How many of you found out things can be so funny after the fact? And so joyful after the fact, when you didn't really have to wait till after the fact, you could have had the joy right there at that moment. This is one of the most important scriptures in the whole Bible, I think. Count it all joy. Let's all say it. Count it all, Count it all. Joy. joy. So no matter what's happening, you may say, well, wait a minute. See, Nehemiah 8.10 says the joy of the Lord is our strength. And what we always need as we go from situation to situation is more strength. Matter of fact, let's say, I need more strength. So the joy of the Lord is our strength. So the more that joy is flowing, the more strength we have. When you study Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, I'll just paraphrase it all for you. They basically rebuilt the temple wall. Uh, they, they rebuilt it in record time, 50-some days. And Ezra is reading from the book. And he's reading from the book to the children and, and, and the people of God. And they're all happy and excited because the wall has been rebuilt against insurmountable odds. And they're having a great time. And they say, let's read the Bible. Let's read the Torah. Let's get some of the, the word of God out that we have ignored for so many years. And they started reading it. And the people started realizing some things in their life they'd done wrong. How many of you can realize at Christmas time sometimes when you reflect back? some of the things that really went wrong years back. They say Christmas is one of the saddest, uh, most non-joyful times of the year for many people. Should be the most joyful time because that's what it's all about. But when you reflect back, even in my life, there are places where I don't want to go because I know what happened way back there. But the good news is the joy of the Lord is my strength. I've been forgiven from those things. We're going from glory to glory and we're moving on. So here is the, is the whole setup in Nehemiah. They're reading the Word of God to all the people. And the people, all of a sudden, they start to be sorrowful. They start to cry. They start to weep. They start to be upset. Why? Because they see where they've missed it. And then Ezra says, wait, 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 wait. 
don't be sorrowful. Don't, don't be quiet. And I'm paraphrasing some of this. Don't be down. Don't be upset. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So therefore, the joy of the Lord is our strength. We have that joy in us. Let's say, I have that joy. And when you are focusing upon that joy and you're carrying that joy, you can affect people everywhere that you go. I know it sounds like I'm always using my wife as an example, but I'm telling you, she can bring joy into, she brings joy into my life too. You really do. You bring joy into my life and vice versa. There's nothing that excites me more than my wife smiling and being happy with her eyes. I told my wife, the first thing I fell in love with my, with my wife, I really mean this, was her eyes. Uh, when she would smile, it just still does. Now, when she doesn't smile, I feel a heaviness. I really do. And, and because we're contagious. Turn to your neighbor and tell you, you are contagious. <laughs> uh, whatever you have can get on me and on you. But when that joy is flowing... Between the two of us, oh my goodness, we can take on the world. Uh, we're ready for it. Now, you don't have to be married to do that. As a matter of fact, it'll really test your joy if you're married. But you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but, but you've got that joy. Let's all say, I have that joy. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have that joy. Now, I want to give you a couple of things. Where is, where is God's joy? Well, number one, it's in us through the presence of the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse uh, 22. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. If, you're, if, if your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, you have that joy in you. Now, Psalm 1611, in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. In the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. We stay in His presence our joy will always be full. Now, I want to give you five things that I felt like the Lord dropped in my heart that will absolutely change your life forever. Before we, we get into these, Pastor Billy Joe used to share this story. He had a, a, a house fire that uh, uh, almost took his uh, children, uh, Paul, almost took Paul's life. Paul was the last one he pastors the church out there now, but he was the last one to get out of the fire. Billy Joe had to go back in and rescue him and uh, took a lot of smoke inhalation. But, but anyway, they all got saved, and they were all singing hymns across the street on the neighbor's yard, uh, praise songs, when the fire trucks all came in and everything. And at church, uh, right after that, they were all thanking God and praising God for everything that happened, and the youth pastor came up. And this was a very difficult situation for him. We weren't out there at the time. We were back here in Lafayette. But the youth pastor came up and said, Billy Joe, I just want you to know, you had some suits and some clothing that needed to be burned up. <laughs> <laughs> and Billy Joe started to laugh. <laughs> and he laughed. And he told that story in so many sermons after that because it brought joy onto the scene. Folks, there's always something that you can be joyful of. Number one, now, now all of these things you have the ability to do. So let's all say, I have this ability. Because some, sometimes people say, well, you know, you say to them, you need to smile. Well, there's nothing to smile about. That's not true. Everybody said, that's not true. There's always, number one, smiling is medicinal. When you smile, 
you are absolutely helping endorphins flow in your body. We have the ability to smile all of the time. When you stop smiling, this is what happens. You, let's go up to Bright real, real quick here. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, okay, w w when you smile, you radiate into a, into a person's life. You, you can change an atmosphere of the room, just like we said last week. Uh, but then when your smile goes, here's what happens. It's just like you just blend right in with everybody else. So we have that ability. Number two, you have the ability to laugh. Laughter is medicinal. Number three, we need to yield to what we already have. Some people will say, well, we'll get to that in number four. Yield to what you already have. Number four, never allow anything. Now, when I first put it down, I used the word steal. Never allow anything to steal your joy. I felt that, like the Lord said, nobody can steal your joy. It's in you. It is my joy. They, nobody can take my joy. You have the joy of the Lord in you. Tell your neighbor, you have the joy of the Lord. And you can't give it away. You can quench it. You can push it down and not let it flow, but you can't get rid of it. It's in you. Never allow anything to quench God's joy. We, the, the joy of the Lord is so powerful. And then number five, realize God wants you full of his joy. I ran across on the internet when I was playing around looking for a couple of minutes of laughter, uh, the Blues Brothers. How many of you, how many of you are Blues Brothers fans? I, I absolutely love the Blues Brothers movie. I, everyone, when Pam goes away, I watch it. <laughs> She thinks it's dumb. I think it's absolutely hilarious. But when, he, when John Bellucci standing there, I mean, we're putting the band back together. I'm on assignment from God. <laughs> he got me. We are on assignment from God. I love that scene. We, so I'm on assignment from God. Whether I'm going to CVS today, whether I'm going to the mall today, whether I'm going out to eat today, whether I'm going to the little Mexican restaurant, I'm on assignment from God, and the joy of the Lord has just arrived. You're about to be touched by that joy, lady. Going to leave you a big tip, too, especially if you tell her you're from Victory. Leave a big tip, okay? And, 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 we're gonna, and, and that joy of the Lord is there. Realize God wants us to have it. What happens with that joy? People are always affected by the joy of the Lord. They'll be drawn closer to God. They may not look at you and say, oh, is that some of that God joy you have? Gosh, I want some. No, but you know what? They're going to think you're a little peculiar, and you are. You are a peculiar person in a dark world. And as the world gets darker and darker and darker, the light of Jesus is going to get brighter and brighter and brighter. And everywhere we go, everywhere we go, we have the answer for the world. I'll close with this. When Brad and I walked into that bank in Aurora, Uganda, I was just telling this story Saturday to a guy. I told this story uh, Saturday to a guy, and uh, he, he wrote a check for, wrote a big check for the Sudan. <laughs> Glory to God. He wrote a $5,000 check. Uh, he said, I, I want to bless that ministry, and wrote a $5,000 check for the Sudan. And uh, we were just sitting there talking to him, and I was telling the story about being in that bank. I said, walked up to that teller, and I said, I need $15,000. She said, you have an account with us? I said, nope. She said, well, you can't get any money here unless you have an account with us. 
And I said, I'm on a mission from God, and I need $15,000. I wasn't thinking about John Bellucci, but, but, but it was a pretty, it was an imitation. I didn't mean it that way. I mean, I, I'm here on assignment from God. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm here on assignment from God. So the devil better not mess with me. I'm on assignment from God, and I have the power of God, and so do you. And so when I said to that little girl, it startled her. You remember that, Brad? I don't know if you're standing up there with me when I said it, but it startled a little girl. On assignment from God, well, we'll handle you differently. She didn't, she didn't, she didn't say it like that, but that's how it looked. It's like, well, oh, yes, sir. She goes in the back room, seemed like forever. I don't know what's going to happen. I thought maybe they'd come and arrest us or something, but I'm just standing there. She comes back and says, okay, we'll give you $5,000 on a credit. No, she said, yeah, we'll do it on a credit card. I said, great, I got a credit card here, $15,000. She said, no, we can't do that. We only do $5,000 a credit card. I said, well, I got three credit cards. And give, and, and, long story, we got everything we wanted. I'm telling you, I'm telling the story about her to give God, gl gl the glory to God. I think she told a similar story. This white guy came in, and he said he's on an assignment from God, and he meant what he said. <laughs> all I know is we got our $15,000. Glory to God. Let's all stand. When the joy of the Lord is your strength. And what we need more of every moment of every day is strength, strength, strength. Pam came home the other day, and she said her electric, what's that called, the electric start? Oh, my car. Yeah, the car just went past the warranty. Well, a few, a few months ago. It's a lease car, went past the war, warranty period, and I decided not to get an extended warranty. So now the, what's that thing? The, it's, uh, it, you start yeah. your car. So we got to yeah. turn the car in next month, or January, February. We've got to turn the car in, and it doesn't work. Uh -huh. Man. How many of you realize you have those moments? <sighs> That's when you need to get out of it. And you're going to count it? All joy. All joy. <laughs> this is going to be a piece of cake for God. Yep. Don't go the route of how's he going to do it. Just realize, hey, God can handle this. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Well, what about between now and then when I can't start my car? Tough. <laughs> Pastor <laughs> Bill joy, will do it. But the joy... <laughs> But let's say the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord. Is my strength. Is my strength. Nobody can take your joy. Nobody. It is never ending. It is a gift from God. You can quench it or you can let it flow. As for me and my house, I'm going to let it flow. I'm not going to let anything take my smile away from me. When I look in the mirror, I know this sounds silly. When I look in the mirror, and I smile, I feel good. When I look in the mirror, and I've had one of those bad days, I don't like what I see. I don't like me. Who wants to live with you if they don't like you? You don't even want to live with you. But when that joy is flowing from your life, and you look into that mirror, you see Jesus. You see Jesus looking back through your face, through your eyes. It'll change your whole life. Joy is one of the things that we need to allow to consume us. Would you bow your heads with me?
I want to ask you the most important question you will ever answer. That is, do you know that if you died today, you would be with Jesus? If you're not sure, don't let another moment go by. Maybe you're here and you're like a prodigal son, a prodigal child. You drifted away from the things of God and you know your life is not right. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus. Let today be that day. And if you're away from Jesus today, let today be the day that you come home. If you're here and you say, Pastor, pray for me. My life is not right. I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. Father, you know everybody that's here. Now, how many of you would say that you could do a better job of letting the joy of the Lord that is already in you flow through you and from you? And I see your hands. Father, you see every hand that's lifted. Lord, I, I lift my hand too. I'm not where I used to be with the joy flowing. And I'm not where I want to be. And I pray for an anointing of what is already in us to absolutely consume us that we would be so joyful, so full of that joy flowing, that it would affect every single place we go, our home, our lives, our business, wherever we are, at every moment of every day, we would allow that river to flow. Now let's all make this confession, Lord, Jesus lives in my heart. Therefore, this body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I have your joy in my body. Therefore, everywhere that I go, even in the beauty shop, when my pastor comes in, your joy consumes me. When the waitress is slow, I'm full of joy. When a car cuts me off, I'm full of joy. When a UPS driver, is it UPS? Yeah, when a UPS driver cuts in front of me, I'm full of joy. When my mate doesn't act like he or she should, I'm full of joy. Therefore, when I'm poked, joy comes out. You know, it'll change your life. It really will. So tell all those people around you before you leave, I am full of the joy of the Lord. Go and...